Hello and welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette, a publication of Citizens Union Foundation. Thanks so much for tuning in here. It is Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021. It is the day after election day and in races across New York City determining the next city government. We have just about all of the results. Of course, many of them seemed sort of determined by the primaries that were hard fought in the spring leading to the, the June election, the results in July that we got from many of the races using ranked choice voting for the first time. Most of the Democratic nominees who've gone on to win in the general election were assumed to uh, be the victors, but of course the general elections had to unfold and the votes had to be counted. And we've got a few interesting surprises around the city and a few elections that are still too close to call as we go into the opening of tens of thousands of absentee ballots across the city. We have full coverage for you, of course, at GothamGazette.com. If you're looking for uh, articles on the winners of the big citywide races, that, of course, now is Mayor-elect Eric Adams, Public Advocate Jamani Williams winning a full term, and Comptroller-elect Brad Lander, all of them Brooklyn Democrats, a noteworthy trend, and a full rundown of where things stand in the borough president races, all 51 city council seats, uh, the two district attorney races on the ballot, and the five statewide state constitutional ballot proposals that uh, had had a bit of a mixed out, uh, outcome, it seems, on those five questions. A little bit of a surprising outcome there as some of the ones related to voting rights and reform seem to have been defeated in large part because of a lot of no votes outside of New York City. So some very interesting things happening there. Again, check it all out at GothamGazette.com when you have a moment. In just a minute here, my guest is City Council Member Idanis Rodriguez. He has been one of the biggest supporters of Eric Adams's mayoral campaign. He's been in the council for a number of years. He's term limited out of office at the end of this year, catching up with Council Member Idanis Rodriguez about the victorious Eric Adams campaign. If you watched uh, Eric Adams throughout the past year, you probably very often saw Council Member Rodriguez with him. Uh, introducing him, talking about where the city needs to head, why he was supporting Eric Adams' vision, how he was trying to influence that vision, and so much more. So we'll talk with Councilmember Rodriguez in just one second about that, and also about some of the work he's been doing while still in the council related to things like non-citizen voting and chairing the Transportation Committee in the council, which he's been doing for a number of years. So in just a minute, my conversation with City Council Member Idanis Rodriguez of Upper Manhattan. First, if you've missed any recent episodes of the podcast, you should find Max Politics wherever you get podcasts, or we have all the episodes at the Gotham Gazette website. Over the last weeks and months, I've had some really interesting conversations with a whole bunch of figures in New York politics and government and advocacy lots of experts, elected officials, candidates, and so forth. Uh, some really interesting recent discussions with several city council members hoping to become the next speaker of the city council. Some conversations with state leaders about the transition from Governor Andrew Cuomo to Governor Kathy Hochul, and lots of experts on a variety of important topics. So catch those, uh, any or all of them, at Max Politics wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Councilmember Rodriguez, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to talk here the day after election day. I'm sure it's a very busy day for you. How are you doing and how are you feeling now that things are official and just about all the votes have been counted 
And the candidate you've been supporting for quite a long time, Eric Adams, is going to be the next mayor of New York City. Thank you, man. Uh, look, it has been an honor to be uh, working with Eric Adams, not only as a supporter of his race, but also most important, leading the Latinos for Eric Adams, which was an instrumental part of the victory for the new mayor. But the relationship with Eric Adams didn't start when I joined his team a few months ago. In 1989, we took over CUNY, organizing against tuition increase and budget cuts. And Eric Adams was a transit police, and he went to support us. Then in the 90s, I used to use a lot of spaces at City College, holding leadership training for our youth. And Eric Adams went a couple of times to talk to the youth about things that we should do to improve the relationship between the police and the community. Then in 2001, when I ran for council, Eric Adams as a president of 100 Black Police Officer Enforcement, he came to Washington Heights to support me. And even when I lost and there was an incumbent and I tried to be elected in 2003, he came back too. Then after that, we always been doing work together. And I feel that, you know, during this time of COVID, we reconnected a lot. We did a lot of work together, distributing masks, and, and going through the training stations, going through the community. So I was completely persuaded and convinced that among the candidates that we have in this race, Eric Adams was an easy right one. He's going to be a mayor that I know that he will, he will take the city based on the work that he will do addressing inequality, addressing lack of opportunity to different sectors in the city and having an approach about equity, diversity, opportunity that he will turn around our city. He will be a role model, not only for our uh, state, but he will be a role model for other places in the Midwest and the South that they will look at him as someone that has been able to support criminal justice reform, at the same time, improving public safety. Someone that he will work with the private sector, the wealthy New Yorkers and say, you can invest in the underserved community, create good pay job, and we will work with you for you to get a return. Eric Adams will be the mayor in my belief that he will provide opportunity to all sectors, working class, middle class, upper class, all everyone from different socioeconomic background and ethnic background, people that you know came from here, from Europe 100 years ago, from Africa, from Latin American, from Asia. He will build the city that we're supposed to be, the city full of opportunity to everyone. Mm -hmm. Very interesting and, and interesting to hear uh, that history again uh, between the two of you. Um, are there specific things, especially as you've led um, Latino outreach for him, as you said, a, a really important part of his victory, certainly in the primary, um, which was obviously a much closer race than the general election. Um, are there specific things that you've, um, you know, highlighted in terms of things that he'll do? I heard you say, you know, a number of sort of 
broad categories there, but are there specific things that you tell people who say, wait, why, why are you supporting this guy to be the next mayor? What's he really going to do for our communities? Are there specific things that you have highlighted or maybe even things that you've helped put to the forefront of what a Mayor Adams will uh, likely do that you are able to tell people, not in conversations like this with you know a journalist, but people on, on the street, uh, at, at events that you're doing, you know, things that you really highlight to people that are specific things that um, he'll do that you think will really benefit uh, constituents? I, I feel that Eric Adam understood uh, uh, the importance to give the dignity and respect to New Yorkers that are the new U.S. citizens who were living here with green card, who came here with a visa, uh, who have working papers to have a seat on the table. Uh, as I said last night, and, and I always have said, it's the first time that someone like uh, uh, that had a, a strong accent like I do, that you know is part of the, a group of forty percent of New Yorkers born and raised in another country that has been able to have a seat at a table when it comes to sitting and be able to be part of the strategy group be part of the group of people that is addressing why we should create more opportunity to underserve in this case to the Latino, but for me it's opportunity to those who come from the former Soviet Union. It is an opportunity that we should advocate and provide to those who can who come from Asia, who come from Africa, from Mali, from Ghana, from Nigeria, from Angola, who also deserve to be supported as the new immigrants. So I think that I'm happy on how Eric, it, it, I'm not going to say that I persuade him to take this issue, but he understood the composition of our city. And he understood that someone who is a doctor or, or is a lawyer and got a vote, had, that vote had the same value or anyone who is a, a street vendor anyone who is a, a fast food workers. So he went around like in, in to our the underserved communities and spent the same amount of time that he has spent in the middle class and upper class community. Traditional, many candidates, they spend more time in the middle class community because there's usually a, hard turnout, a higher turnout of voting participation than what they have spent in the underserved community. And Eric was spent a lot of time. I can say that here to Northern Manhattan, he came more than 15 or 20 times. Mm -hmm. Even when he came the night before the election, you know, people saw us, you know, the new mayor or how gave the respect to our community. So or the, the specific thing that I that I'm happy that he talked about it, that that he a share with the voters was that he will be the mayor that will bring opportunity uh, for New Yorkers to excel. That his approach on, when it comes to education is unique. What he's saying is that from the $97 billion, we spend around $33, $32 billion to educate 1.1 million students. However, we have not been providing healthy food to 
schools who are in the underserved community. A school today, a public school that we have in a school district that is mainly composed by middle class, get better and healthy food that is a school that we have in any underserved communities. And Eric Adams will close the gap. He said 50% of everyone that will be working in leadership position in the city of New York will be part of the different ethnic groups. That's a different approach. And I think that the communities or across the city from different social economic backgrounds really embracing and he really saw on Eric someone will all ethnic groups, including the Latinos, but the same as Africans, the same as European, the same as Asian, they will have a seat at the table in his administration. That was very important, that resonated to the voters. And that's why he was able to win the primary and win the general election yesterday. You represent um, City Council District 10, uh, largely encompassing Washington Heights and Inwood, Marble Hill as well. Um, uh, for your constituents, and, and you'll uh, no longer be their, their council member in just a couple of months here, and we'll sort of get to your future in a minute, but for your constituents in those communities, um, and for obviously uh, New Yorkers, especially Latino New Yorkers across the, the city, um, there seems to be, you know, something that that you and the Adams campaign and Eric Adams, of course, himself, you know, really tapped into in terms of threading this needle that you're talking about, about, um, you know, police reform and public safety, uh, being very welcoming to businesses, but ensuring that there's opportunity for people who are really struggling and trying to climb the economic ladder. Uh, you know, meeting with lots of, of corporate leaders and real estate leaders, but also, as you said, you know, paying attention to the people that are street vendors. He has, um, you know, had this very broad uh, appeal, but this sets him up for having to really unite the city and uh, a very tough balancing act as the next mayor to try to, you know, sort of make everybody happy, uh, everybody happy at once. You know, this is very different than the sort of Bill de Blasio message that won in 2013, where he, he sort of was really catering, you know, to one very large section of the city where he was talking about lifting people up and he was sort of, you know, creating an us versus them thing. Eric Adams is, you know, has been uh, really talking about this very broad message of unity and something for everyone. How do you see, um, you know, that setting him up for some pretty significant challenges to try to to do stuff for everybody and make everybody happy? We are New Yorkers, and as New Yorkers, the eight point six million people, people, and there's eight million point six different ideas. Hmm. New Yorkers are, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a ten generations of New Yorkers here or the recent one everyone ha always have a strong opinion. So I feel that Mayor Adams understand that he had to create the opportunity, the mechanism for different people to be able to speak and share their ideas, to share their point of view. I think that for me, everything is about how can we create the condition for the private sector, for the private sector, uh, to look at areas to invest 
more than the midtown Manhattan, but thinking about the audible. Like I remember when the budget director uh, in the first year of the Blasio, he went to City Hall and he said that through EDC, they were they are $185 million that is given to the private sector as incentive for create for as incentive for those who create jobs. I always say that it, it doesn't make sense that we don't double that incentive, but to bring additional $185 million to those private sector, the business community that create good paid jobs in their own desert community. I think that the opportunity is here. This is the center of the world. This is the New York City is the capital of the world. New York City is a place where I think that everyone would like to come and establish themselves. So I, I there's many areas uh, from good job training initiatives to working with CUNY that already have different programs that have proven that it works when it comes to not only providing training, but to free connecting people with good paid jobs. And I, you know, this, we, we have to watch tough time, you know, the economic crisis after COVID. Uh, but I feel that Eric Adams, I have seen it, it, different sectors that are interesting and committed to be part of the solution when it comes to help the city to uh, be turned around and, and, and do the continuous funding they share contribution. So I uh, going with Eric throughout the five borough and being able to see how he connects not only with the working class, but also the middle class in the, in the, hub, in, in the upper class. I think that he gives the hope to the whole city that we will have with Mayor Adams, someone that will build an administration that will be seen as a role model, not only for the municipalities across the state of New York, but also to the Midwest, to the South. I think that when he addressed the lack of inequity, inequity in our city and create those opportunities that provide similar opportunities to all New Yorkers, all the people not only in government, but in the private sector, in the academic sector, in the cultural sector, they will look at this administration and say, if he did it from the governmental side, we also can do it from the side of the private, uh, academic, and cultural sector. Um, you mentioned his pledge to ensure um, a, a very diverse uh, cabinet and appointments. How are you um, thinking about trying to ensure that he has good and strong Latino leadership in his in his cabinet? And what do you expect on that front? And what are you trying to make sure that he, uh, you know, sort of has in his in his ear as he approaches building out his team in the in the coming weeks? I I'm convinced and, and ensure that Eric Aden will build a, a team composed by men and women that will reflect the composition of the city of New York. We have enough talent and talented individuals in this city capable to do a good job in his administration. And I'm sure that he will 
write a new chapter when it comes to a building a, 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 a new team across agencies, across city hall, a, composed by great New Yorkers that they're ready to serve, that they have experience. Uh, I know that Eric Aden is looking for the best qualified individual uh, that will help uh, uh, the city to move forward. Uh, and we have those talented individuals. So I know that, you know, it's not only, it's not only word, it's about action. It's like what we always say is that, you know, talk the talk, but we also have to do the walk the walk. I think many times, many people have said about, oh, we don't have enough diversity in government, but there's always excuses why we have not been able to attract the diverse a, 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 a team of individuals that reflect the city of New York. Eric understand it, he get it, and he will build it. And um, in terms of, you know, there's obviously prominent elected officials like yourself uh, and, and others out there, but elected officials aside, whether they're term limited out of office or not, are there uh, prominent or significant Latino leaders across the city who you are trying to say to Eric Adams and his team, you should really look at these people as, as prominent, you know, potential members of your administration are there are there specific people, whether it's in a certain sector or just broad leaders that you're trying to flag to say, you know, these are these are top notch people who would, you know, you should really talk with. Look, Ben, I, I think that uh, for me, it is it is the most important thing for me to uh, continue being part of the conversation with Han and the team uh, uh, around Han when it comes to look all, all the broad perspective of a, what is the type of a team that he will build. A, we cannot have, we should not be a, 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 in this case a Latino, talking from the Latino, even though my agenda is a citywide, you know, agenda when it comes to be sure that Eric Aden, you know, get the support that he needs to build the thing, the thing that he won, that he promised, that he convinced, that he will have when he take office in January 1st, that will reflect the city of New York. I think that, you know, that time, those days, when you look about a, a B, or C Latino, and for me, that approach is that we are so few that we have to name it. I think that if we have that approach, that New York City today is composed by 29% Latino, 27% Afro-American, around 15% Asian, then we need to build that a, a new a team of leadership um, around the 10,000 leadership position that we have in the city of New York that should reflect the city. It is unfair. Uh, it is, as Eric Allen has said, you know, a way of how we have betrayed the Latino community to have 10,000 leadership positions in New York City and only 200 being Latino when 29% of the population is Latino. So I want to see, and I know that Eric is committed to build that administration, will we'll bring a, 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 a very a, a capable, capable individual from all groups, we have enough Latinos as we have enough Jewish, white, I, and, and Irish, Italian, Afro-American, 
Asian. We have this city has a a a, a big list of individuals that they're ready to serve. And mm -hmm. I know that Eric with a transitional team who will be the one led by Sheena Wright that uh, together we then the group of individuals that Eric will bring in his transitional team will have that job. But I know that the direction from Eric will be to build a team that will reflect the city anyway. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously a lot of discussion that as you are leaving office at the end of the year, you'll be part of that administration. Um, taking that as as a very likely scenario, what's, um, you know, and obviously those will be private conversations, but what's, you know, you've, you've, you've chaired the transportation committee for a long time, but you've obviously had a lot of interest in, in other topics as well. Um, what's kind of the ideal position for you in a mayoral administration? I, I, I was, I, I, I'm ready to continue helping Eric. You know, I, my focus up to yesterday was to be sure that uh, he will get the number that he needed to show a big victory. Now, uh, we're focusing right now on Eric going to Somos and from Somos going to the Dominican Republic, which was also another thing that he committed, that he shared with the border, that he will be the first mayor going in an official visit every year to DR, and he will do it immediately after Somos. So my focus right now is to be sure that he have a successful uh, 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 meetings and 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 event that's almost in, in the Dominican Republic, and then hoping at any capacity on anything that he will be doing be, before January first, and after that, uh, uh, we will see what happens. But my focus right now is to be sure that I hope Eric when it comes to anything that he needs me to do to hope for him to be a successful mayor. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was about to ask you about those trips to, to Somos and the Dominican Republic that are coming up that, that uh, you'll, be, you'll be going on. Um, so so uh, we'll, we'll assume those conversations will happen over the coming days and weeks. Um, uh, what, what does it mean um, that he will go to uh, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic here just after uh, becoming mayor elect. Are there, as you said, make, you know, you're making sure that it'll be, you're helping make sure it'll be a successful trip. Um, are there any specific important takeaways that you're, you're, you know, you're sort of have as goals for that trip, especially the, the second part of it? We will, we will work around the goal that Eric Adam will have. Uh, I know that it, it, any mayor, uh, and we have, first time that I went to Somos was in 2013. Uh, 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 from there on, I've been going every year. You know, that being Somos is a great opportunity uh, for the workshops that they organize, but also it's a very opportunity when it comes to the network of individuals be able to interact. Uh, so I know that there's gonna be a few a event where Mayor very soon Eric Adams who will be attending in Puerto Rico, and then after that we will be going again to the Dominican Republic. You know where we're going to be participating in number of conversation with different sectors, in the other Dominican Republic. Eric recognized that 
uh, uh, that Dominican, Dominicans made almost 1 million from the 8.6 million resident uh, New Yorkers that of, of New York City. And, you know, he's the first one who see Dominican, no, yes, Dominican that has a green car. Dominicans are close to 400,000 voters. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a number that everybody recognizes, and he's recognizing not only as voters, but he recognizes as individuals that on most of those 300 supermarkets that we have in New York City, who own most of the bodegas, who are doctors, who are lawyers, who are engineers. So for the Dominicans who live here in New York City, and for those who live in the art, it's very important to know that a mayor elect will be making the trip to the art as the first one, as he will when uh, as the first one that he will make going out on New York City, and and that's important again, like for Dominicans who make important contributions as the different ethnic group made to this country to get the recognition that we deserve. Mm-hmm. And um, Eric Adams has been a, a supporter of your legislation to allow uh, green card holders and some other permanent uh, residents of, of New York City to vote in municipal elections. Um, it doesn't seem like this legislation is going to pass this session. Uh, Mayor de Blasio has said the law department doesn't think the city can do it. I've heard Eric Adams recently say that he recognized that opinion from the law department and might be looking for state action on that issue. What's your forecast on what's going to happen around that push to extend municipal voting rights um, to somewhere in the neighborhood of 1 million New York City residents who are currently unable to vote? Look, as you know, and you have heard me saying over and over, I recognize a lot of important things that we were able to accomplish on the major de Blasio, especially for me that in my first four years from 2009 to 2013, I was not able to pass one bill. I only passed the resolution against condemning the anti-immigrant law that was created in Arizona. However, during the time of major de Blasio, Melissa Margarito, I was able to pass more than 20 bills. So, and I have seen how a lot of things that we were told that we couldn't do it from the, you know, a pay sick day, expanding the the Head Start program and pre-K, the fair fair, municipal ID, computer for all, after school for all, I know even even the the the, the rezoning that different from the uh, past where the rezoning only provide twenty percent of all the apartment being affordable and those affordable apartments they were only affordable for twenty or thirty years. It was in this administration where we were able to say affordable will be permanent and it will be twenty or twenty five percent. So as someone that recognized yes, we have a lot of things that we could do better, especially the, when it comes to a lack of safety in underserved community, not in the middle and upper class community. Because when we talk about the Blasio and input to violence in the city, we're talking about the South Bronx. We're talking about the working class who live in the underserved community. We are not talking about the, the upper class community neighborhood. So I, so I do believe that the, the, the level of safety that we see 
in any upper class community should be the same that we should have and protect and defend and in the first community. So I think that even though I I believe that the blacks could do better when the when it comes to public safety, lack of public safety in the initial community, I give a lot of a lot of credit to think that he did. So I don't think it's a good look for a mayor like the Blasio to leave his few weeks that few weeks that he has his turn as a mayor being an obstacle to pass a bill that will expand voting rights. When voters are on the attack by the Republican in the South and the Midwest, how we the city of New York that has the best progressive record are saying we don't care for no taxation without representation. Those people who stay working the daily restaurants, supermarkets, even many people who work in the media that they have working papers that they can hear because someone brought them from overseas because they needed they need to hire more people in some level of media that we didn't have and they have working papers. They are New Yorkers who are part of the 100,000 uh, individuals that we bring to work in the tech field that they only have working papers. So the last year cannot be an obstacle to a bill where we already at the national level have addressed it, where the federal law already says, state and the city are the one that have the right to decide to vote in the local election. The state constitution only establishes a base, being a base, a, 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 a that citizens can vote. We can't. Sorry, we can't quite hear you. I I say that that the state constitution doesn't bring a ceiling when we address the qualification for people to vote. The state constitution only present how we should start. And that's why Vermont, that had similar language in the Constitution, was able to make those changes. So what I can tell you is to my friend Bill de Blasio, in the first few weeks, and the same thing I can say to my friend Speaker Corey Johnson, don't be an obstacle to this bill. If there's any lawsuit around this bill, let's let the judge to decide the Immigration Coalition and more than 65 organizations already have a team of lawyers who are ready to defend it. Lawyers were used by the central staff of the council to write this bill. How they could write a bill that was not legal. We had the support of this bill or the New York State NWACP or the House of Justice led by Reverend Charter by 34 council members with a veto power, by the public advocate, by the current city controller and the new elected two, by the borough president of Manhattan, Gabe Brewer, Danaber Richard from Queens, Ruben Diaz Jr. from the Bronx, Brooklyn and new mayor Eric so, so, right, but, but it seems very unlikely this is gonna pass in these final uh, two months here of this term, correct? I'm ready to discharge if we don't move it, and we mm -hmm. have when we and we have the right to do it too. Okay, I think so it is unfair for I think it is unfair for anyone to be an obstacle to this bill. Mm -hmm. This bill had veto power, had a support 
a vast support. Even the Immigration Coalition, they did a poll, and more than 65% of New Yorkers in that poll say, we support for that million New Yorkers that has green card, that has working papers to vote in this election. So right now, you're planning to make a move on this bill before the end of this term. I'm ready. I hope that the speaker can work with us. But mm -hmm. I think it is unfair for anyone. It doesn't matter if he's a mayor. This is a political move. This is not a legal move. This mm -hmm. is about having the will to say, we have the number. If there will be any issue where the law department will have to defend it, let's let the judge to decide. Mm -hmm. But we know that from the legal point of view, based on the legal advice that we have from the Immigration Coalition, this bill is completely legal. It is unfair for anyone to be an obstacle not to let this bill to go to the floor. Very interesting. All right, we're in our last couple minutes here with City Council Member Donis Rodriguez. He's been one of the leading uh, surrogates organizers uh, of the Eric Adams for Mayor campaign. He's in his final couple months in the City Council, a long tenure that's included leading the Higher Education Committee, the Transportation Committee. Uh, a lot of recent action with your Transportation Committee. We're not going to get into all that now, but um, another time, perhaps before you're before you're leaving office, we'll, we'll dig into some of that. Uh, last couple of questions here. Um, along these lines with this, with this voting legislation, um, you know, it strikes me that this hits a theme that, um, that I, I'm wondering your stance as we saw Latino voters, obviously along with black voters and many white voters and Asian voters as well, but we saw Latino voters really give a, a really strong boost to Eric Adams in the primary. But we've also seen some complicating data around Latino voters in New York City and elsewhere um, in, in general elections. And I'm wondering how you're feeling right now about Democrats in New York City and elsewhere uh, losing Latino, some Latino voters to Republicans and, and how you assess that situation, especially in New York City, and how you sort of gauge where this very diverse group that we're you know, broadly calling Latino voters here has uh, not only a lot of countries of origin and, and you know, uh, immigrant backgrounds and such, but also a diversity of political opinions, even if most are still Democrats. Um, how do you assess the Democratic Party's uh, ability to sort of retain Latino voters and attract Latino voters? I think that the bottom line is that we cannot disfranchise voters regardless of where they're coming from. I think that in many, I can tell you that being actively, actively involved in our city at different level from the student movement that I co-lead in 1980 and then 1990, I have seen how, you know, Latinos and immigrants in general have been treated as a third class citizen. I have seen how elections are coming and go and, and, and there is some leader that they believe that the celebration of the cultural immigrants uh, together is about dancing their music, eating their food, and no learning from the active value of hardworking individuals. So I feel that definitely I'm proud of how a, a Latino made an important percentage of the Democratic Party. I think that the Democratic Party has to understand it that it, you know, we are still have a lot of challenges as Eric Adams has said, you know, the level of violence that we have seen in the city of New York have been uh, 
tolerated because those violence has only been happening in the underserved community. If you may, if you live in, it doesn't matter if it's Washington, in the poorest neighborhood sector of this community, and there's quite no equality issue in this community, and, and someone made a call, the attention is not the same as someone who will, who will live at 82nd and 1st Avenue made a call. And I think that what we have to be sure is that now with the democratic leadership, because we are the majority in the city, we need to lead by example. We need to pay attention to the voice of the Latino community who have been speaking loud and clear. We are here. We are not third-class citizens. We are not third-class neighborhood. The investment to make our park safe, clean, and beautiful in places such as in Northern Manhattan, where Inward, Hybrids, and Fortrion Park made the second largest park in Manhattan should have the same investment that we made in Central Park. So until we address the issue of inequality in our city, we will see a lot of frustration for uh, many New Yorkers. But thanks God, we can say that this, you know, about we losing our uh, members from the Democratic to go Republican. I think that, you know, and of course, I know that what happened in Virginia the numbers in New Jersey, you know, are not the best one. Mm -hmm. I know that that we had to learn from what happened in, in those two states, and hopefully, you know, things will change in, in Jersey. But uh, I, I feel that the Democratic Party, you know, had to be more connected with the communities that make our society. Yeah, I think that, you know, people have now understand the diversity in New York City is the most is what make our city the most beautiful municipality in this nation. But sometimes, you know, we don't see those values and we don't bring fair share investment across community. And I can say that is because we have not give the dignity and respect to those individuals who live in the underserved community. Something that I feel is necessary and something that I see will happen under uh, Mayor Eric Adams, that, and that's what I say, he will put New York City in the central of being a role model for all the city across the nation. Mm -hmm. All right, we will leave it there. City Council Member Donis Rodriguez, a lot of interesting thoughts there. Uh, one more, one more chance before we let you go. Do you want to do you want to tell us what your what your ideal role in a in an Adams administration would be? I just want to be the best father for my two daughters when it comes to what I would do with Eric Adams. I will serve to his wish. All right. Well, we'll be following up on that. I understand you not wanting to uh, to speak publicly about these matters, but we wanted to see what insights you might be willing to share. Uh, have safe travels. Thanks for taking the time, and we'll catch up with you more down the road. Thank you, Ben.